First is uh, the, the cross that's a reminder of us of the crucifixion. Uh, one is communion. Uh, but one of Jesus' most poignant uh, times with his disciples was that that was just illustrated for you when he was with um, his disciples. And so I've invited my, my friend Danny uh, to come this morning. And I just felt like it would be a great way to illustrate uh, what Jesus was doing with his disciples by uh, spending this time with Danny and just illustrating for you all uh, what Jesus did for his disciples. And I, I you know, the, the thing I want you to know is this is awkward. Um, not so much for me, but for the person that gets to sit right here. Um, and so I thought carefully about the type of person and who I'd want to uh, share this time with. And so uh, Danny was one of those people that came to uh, mind at that point. Um, because I've appreciated Danny um, as he leads within our uh, youth ministry and his care for uh, students uh, at our church here. <clears throat> not only that, um, his relationship with the Lord. This week we had a conversation about prayer and when we, because I've been struggling with uh, prayer and um, so we were talking about it and he kind of echoed that he has some of the similar uh, issues and, and he gave me just a, um, he just gave me a, a symbol or a reminder of what prayer was about that I took with me the whole week. Uh, it was just important uh, to me and a, a great reminder of the importance of, of uh, prayer. So um, this is a guy that has a, a, a very significant and real uh, faith and passion for God and wants to do um, for students uh, what those that have gone before him have done uh, in his life. And so I'm, I'm grateful uh, for Danny. Thank, uh, thank you for your service to our church and to the Lord. I appreciate that. And like I say, this is not um, one of the things that when we, when we think about all the things that are pictured for us in the Bible, uh, some of them are, um, you take care of that one. Yeah, I got you. Uh, some of them, when we think about it, they're, they're easily um, done, easily put into practice. Others are more challenging. And um, whether they were intended for us to uh, actually do every week or regularly is debatable. Uh, but one thing for sure is that um, when we do it, uh, it's a reminder, it's very symbolic and it's a powerful uh, message uh, to the people around us. So I'm grateful for Danny. Would you say thank you to Danny for his willingness to... Uh, Step out and do that. That was that's not an easy thing for either one of us. But I wanted to begin that way because I hope I hope it was a little bit awkward for you to watch. Because when we think about uh, serving one another, loving one another in a in a tangible way, uh, a lot of times. Uh, there's challenge that comes along with that. And one of the things, we're in the middle of a series where we've been talking about God revealed in real life. And so we've talked about uh, God revealed in the desert. We've talked about um, the difficulties, the challenges that the desert uh, brings into our life. 
We talked about God revealed in our accomplishments. And so this morning we want to talk about God revealed in our service. One of the things I forgot to mention in our announcements, and so I'm going to take a quick detour real quick. Um, Brad and Vicki Wood, uh, years ago were attending here at First Baptist. Vicki passed away this last week. Uh, they've been out of the area for a while, but uh, Saturday morning at 11, we're going to host a celebration of life for Vicki in the Fellowship Hall uh, here. If you would be interested in helping with the meal following that, you can see Linda Barnhart. I don't know if, Linda, are you here this morning? You can check in the office and they can put you in touch with her. Uh, but that'll be Saturday morning. So here's the thing. One of the things that I believe that people are looking for in their life, one of the key things I believe people are looking for is a real tangible, real tangible meaning. And here's the thing, our Christian faith offers that very thing, tangible purpose and meaning in our life. So I believe what the people of the world would say to us today is, hey Christians, show me that. Show me that by the way you live your life. Don't just talk about it, don't just preach about it, don't just sing about it, show me. Show me in how you live your life. Because I believe our Christian faith is not just a set of beliefs. It certainly is a set of beliefs, but it's a set of beliefs that leads to some kind of change in our life, right? I mean, it's not just something that we say, yeah, I believe that, and then I go on living the way that I want to live. It's a set of beliefs that fundamentally change how we live our life. And so th this morning, I want us to look together at that John 13 passage. The John 13 passage that was illustrated in the animated video that was illustrated by myself and Danny. We're going to unpack this a little bit and see if we can gather something that might encourage us as we think about going into the world and loving people in the way that Jesus has loved us. So let me set the context <clears throat> for this uh, passage in John 13. This is Thursday night of Jesus last week on the earth. He's at the Last Supper meal with his disciples, the Passover meal, where they are walking through the remembrance of the Hebrew nation's escape from Egypt. They're talking about the Passover lamb. They're being reminded of what their ancestors went through as a nation. And Jesus is connecting the dots for them about who he is and the fact that he is that lamb that came to give life. So let's look at this together. We're looking at John chapter 13. We're going to look at the first 17 verses. So read along with me. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So he came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. 
No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord, then Lord Simon replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done, what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, I'm sure that there are times when you read the Bible and uh, perhaps you find it difficult to determine what, this, what the particular passage that you're reading is saying. You, it's complicated. It's got difficult concepts in it, difficult words in it. I'm going to suggest this is not <clears throat> one of those passages. Now, there are some, some difficult statements in here. But let's just be clear. Jesus illustrates what he's doing tangibly. He tells them why he's doing it. He tells them that they should go and do the same. I don't think it gets much more clear than that. It's right there, illustrated in front of you. Here's why I'm doing it. Here's what I want you to do. Go. So it is as clear as it can be. But sometimes... I have found that the most straightforward lessons can be the most challenging. In fact, just as I was reading that, it says right here, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. If I'm your Lord and teacher, I've washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I don't think it gets much more clear than that, but how often do we see that happen? We don't. We don't see it. So we have to ask ourselves, well, if it's... If it's illustrative of what Jesus wants us to do, then let's unpack that a little bit. And if, it, if it's more than that, we have to ask ourselves, why am I so hesitant to get vulnerable with somebody and show them my feet or grab somebody else's feet and wash them? I think it's, I think it's a fair question. So here was what I want us to see this morning. I want us to see that within this passage that, that Jesus demonstrates and shows us the power to love. He shows us the model for our love and he shows and tells us that love is imperative there's an imperative to our love so let's start with the power to love how was Jesus able how was Jesus able to love and serve his disciples in the way that he did what was it that that gave him the capability to do this well you could say well he was he was God wasn't he yes he was we're going to talk about that in a second but we also know that he was a human being and he struggled with the same things that you and I struggle with so let me let's look at this a little bit more carefully it says in verse 1 that Jesus knew that the time had come in verse 3 it says Jesus knew that God had put things all things under his power so Jesus knew that all things had been given to him 
He knew that the hour of his crucifixion was coming. It was imminent. He also knew that he was going to be glorified very soon. And so it seems to me if I was in that place and I knew those things were coming, it would be very easy for me to be rather prideful and say, listen, this is what's happening, guys. And he's been, he'd been telling them this is what was coming. And he should be able to sit back and his disciples should be catering to every need that Jesus has. He's getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to be executed. But rather than responding that way, his response was quite the opposite. At the moment that he might have been filled with extreme pride, he demonstrated remarkable love and service of his disciples. Real love is like that. That's what real love is about. You know, it also says that Jesus knew, in verse 11, Jesus knew who was going to betray him. I always find this intriguing, the fact that Jesus washed the disciples' feet, all of the disciples' feet, Judas's included. doesn't say that he got to Judas and said, no, I'm not going to do it. I do wonder, as a side note, what that exchange was like. So Jesus could have easily been bitter, full of disappointment for for Judas and for the fact that he knew someone was going to betray him. But at that very moment, love flows out of him. Service flows out of him. In the moment of his greatest injury that was imminent, in the the moment of his uh, greatest, most incredible act of disloyalty that was paid to him, he still overflowed with love for those that were following him. So we say, where does this power come from? Well, I I believe it comes from the fact that Jesus knew. Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew his purpose. He knew what life was about. And when we come to understand that, and I say we, when we come to understand that, it should fundamentally change how we conduct our life. So let's think about this for a second. How often in our own lives... Now, I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm just asking you to think. Okay, that's what, one of the things I do. I ask you to think. How often in your own life, even in church, have we seen problems arise when someone feels like they were overlooked for a position or offended because they were not considered for a particular thing? Or how often have we seen in the news or in the sporting world that somebody's not getting the playing time they think they deserve? So they're not going to play, or they want to play for somebody else. They want to go someplace where they're respected. We see it. It happens in our own life. And so we have to ask ourselves, as followers of Jesus, if you would characterize yourself that way this morning, that our power to love and our power to serve others comes from a changed life, a transformed life. This is what we're talking about here at First Baptist, that when we come into a relationship with God, it changes our life. And when that transformation happens and the presence of Jesus is in us, it gives us power to act and live in a brand new way. And so we're not subject to maybe our human tendencies that would say, no, I'm not going to do that because you did this to me. Or I don't owe you that, you owe me. It changes our way of thinking. When we understand ourselves rightly, who we are, 
when we know who we are before God, we respond in a new way and our lives are changed. That's the power to love. Jesus also gave us the model of love. It says that he loved his disciples to the end. So what does that mean, he loved them to the end? Well, certainly he loved them all the way to the end of his life. But I want to suggest that this idea that Jesus loved his disciples to the end does a couple things. In setting this model for love, it, it models him, him going to the cross, his sacrifice of his life, his willingness to kneel before them, to wash their feet, to do the, the dirty work was just symbolic of what he, was, what he had come to do and where he was going as he was going to the cross for them. That there's no greater love that anyone could show that, that they would lay down their life for their friends. So Jesus loved to the, to the maximum. This is the ultimate expression of love that Jesus is showing. Not just the washing of their feet, but what he had come to do as he came to die in our place. And this is love that um, goes beyond our rational human love. It goes where our human love is not willing to go. And it's, and it's expressed in these things. The first way that it's expressed is in humility. I mean, there's no greater theme probably in the, in the life of Jesus than his humility. The Bible says that he emptied himself. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul says that when Jesus came, he emptied himself of his God-given attributes. He came as a servant. He humbled himself. He said of himself, I am among you as one who serves. That's why Jesus came. And And it says in in Philippians 2, that he became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. His humility, this love is expressed in humility. It's expressed in perseverance. Jesus endured a lot. He had many obstacles in his life. I want to suggest that one of the obstacles he had was this very night with his disciples. In Luke chapter 22, Luke gives a report on this Last Supper. Now, Luke doesn't mention the foot washing. But you know what Luke does mention? Luke mentions that the disciples were having an argument. What were they arguing about? Who was the greatest? So in the, in the midst of Jesus doing his thing, he's dealing with guys that he would have hoped by now were getting it. We're beginning to understand this is what this is about. And yet, even to the end, these guys are arguing about which one of them is going to be the greatest. So there are obstacles. So I want you to think about your own situation this morning and ask, what might be the obstacles of your own life? What are, the, what are the things that keep you from loving and serving in the way that God would call us to? Is it your pride? I could never do that. I could never do that. Is it our perceived power? 
that certain things are below me? Is it just my human nature that I've got to take care of myself? If I do this, if I make myself vulnerable, if I serve this person or if I put myself in that place, what will people think of me? Is it that some of the people that you would need to serve have disappointed you and let you down? Or is it flat out that this idea that Jesus has called us to love our enemies and you're just like, I'm not, I can't go there. I can't go there. There are obstacles. There are things that are going to set themselves up to interfere. But perseverance, being willing to persevere through those obstacles is important. This love is expressed in the unexpected. What Jesus did for his disciples was unexpected. Beyond that, it was shocking. I mean, certainly the disciples, they, it's clear they were not willing to wash one another's feet. But they certainly didn't feel like Jesus should be washing their feet. Of all people in the room. So it's unexpected. And I, and I believe that it's times in our own life when we do the unexpected, when we reach out and act and serve and love in a way that's unexpected, that it makes a profound impact in people's lives. Certainly there may be times, uh, and I took, and I did this, you know, Valentine's Day or, or birthday, I took flowers to my wife. She was impressed. But I don't think she was like, it wasn't like totally unexpected. That's kind of what happens on a day like that. But there are other times where we love when we serve and it's stunning. It's unexpected. Love's expressed in a way that is tangible. Love is practical. Love is visual. Love is action. Love is consistent. This is an ongoing commitment that I make. I don't it's not a one and off thing. When I love somebody it's tangible it's real engagement it's washing dirty feet it's doing things that i don't feel naturally inclined to do and it, it means loving people that maybe sometimes are difficult to love but it's tangible one thing uh, we can say is that love is not just things that we give mental assent to or even verbal words to. That kind of love only goes so far. It's something tangible. So there's the power to love, there's the model of love. And lastly, there's the imperative. There's the imperative. That Jesus calls us to something different. There's two things I believe that Jesus wanted his disciples to know. He, they, he wanted them to see his love expressed in a way that would point them to something greater. He wanted them to see Hey, I came, yes, among you as one that serves. Hey, this evening I'm washing your feet. In a day or two, I'm going to the cross for you. He wanted them to know why he was there. 
And secondly, he wanted their lives to be characterized by that same kind of love. And I believe he says the very same thing to us. That in the same way that God has expressed his love for us, we are to do it to others. He says it, doesn't he? Do as I have done for you. I'm quoting now from John 13. Do as I have done for you. What do we do when we hear that? Do we just say, hey, that sounds good. Or right on. Right on. I'm all about that. Or do we, and then we don't do anything? Like, man, that was great. See how Jeff washed Danny's feet today? That was powerful. That was powerful. Yeah, Jesus had a word to say about uh, washing the disciples' feet and going to do that. But, you know, he doesn't know or God doesn't recognize my situation. He doesn't know what I'm dealing with. And I would suggest that those kinds of excuses don't take away the fact that Jesus said, do as I have done to you. If we're going to follow Jesus as his disciples, it's going to move us out of our regular pathway of life into something new and different. That we're going to love, we're going to serve others because Jesus has called us to. So here's what I want to suggest this morning. You cannot demonstrate the kind of love, this kind of love, until you've experienced the love of God in your own life. So, I want to ask that as we come to the end of this time this morning. Have you truly experienced God's love in your own life? Have you come to a place where you recognize the end of your own ability to make things right, to live life as it was intended to live, and you've come to the point where you realize, I need something more to make my life worthwhile. Let me tell you that that something more is that relationship with God through Jesus. That's what makes the difference. That's what changes us. That's what changes hearts. That's what changes lives. That's what gives us the power to do what God has called us to. And if you haven't come to that point, today is a great time to start with that. To yield your life, to say to God, you know what, I cannot do it on my own. I've tried. I've tried it my way. God, I need you to come and change me. And he'll do it. He'll do it. And then I want to remind you this from 1 John. And I believe it's at the bottom of your notes this morning. 1 John chapter 4. I want to start at verse 7. Listen to what it says. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I believe God's love, I believe God is revealed as we love and serve one another.
Let me pray for us this morning. And as I do, I, would just, I just want you to reflect on what you've seen and heard this morning. And I want to ask you that question again. If this morning you recognize you've come to the end of yourself and that you need something more to give your life direction and purpose, I want to suggest that what you need is Jesus. So this morning, uh, as we conclude, as I conclude in prayer, I want to give you that opportunity, in your own words, just to lay your life before God and just tell Him what you need, that you recognize that in and of yourself, your life has no purpose, no meaning, no real direction. And God promises, God promises that if, if we will submit ourselves to him and we would believe in the person of Jesus Christ, that, that he will change our life and give us hope, a future, eternal life with him. So God, I'm grateful for the illustration that we've heard this morning. The, as we've seen Jesus on his knees before his disciples, the very last person that should have been doing that, he, yet he did it to illustrate his heart of love for his followers and the fact that he was willing to go all the way for them. And we recognize, uh, Jesus, that that's what you've done for us and then that's what you call us to do. You call us to go into the world to serve, to love those around us. Would you give us that kind of heart this morning? God, we thank you that you can be so plain and so clear. And God, I pray that this place, this church, this church family will become a different place as we come to understand that truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so this morning I'm going to invite you to stand, if you would, real quick. Woo, you've been sitting for a while, I can tell. And I've, uh, Paul and Donna Klein are going to be right over here in, in front of the stage, and Janice Hansen is going to be right over here on this side of the stage. I will be right here in the front. And this morning, uh, I, my invitation to you is, as we dismiss, that if, if there's something that you're struggling with, if you've got questions about that relationship, with Jesus that I just talked about, we would love to talk with you and pray with you about that. That will change, fundamentally, will change your life. And that's what we desire. If there's another issue that you're struggling with and you just need someone to, to pray with you, they would do that as well. They would love to do that. All right? So, let me pray for you again. God, we are grateful for your presence here. We're grateful for your Holy Spirit that goes with us. That, God, we would go with the confidence that you want to speak not just in our lives this week, but through our lives, by how we live our lives, by how we love, by how we serve, by how we treat the people around us. Would you show up, God? Would you reveal yourself in our lives this week? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week.